I'm Andrew Norton, and this is Completely Optional Knowledge. John and Molly Neffel are brother and sister, and they host a daily podcast called Radio Dispatch. Their goal with the podcast is to try and make news fun or even uplifting. And how's that working for you? Oh, not well. <laughs> Just laughing through the terror, you know. <laughs> and, and so you two have a question, and that's what's brought us together through the magic of the Internet here, right? Exactly. So being siblings, John and I used to fight a lot when we were young. Our question is, why do siblings have rivalries? I feel like I can relate. This is a touch embarrassing, but my sister's six years older than me, and she used to pin my head down and fart on my head on the couch. <laughs> yeah, that's that's brutal. That one was not in my toolkit. <laughs> well, you never farted in my face, but you did one time pin me down and hang a loogie over my face like you were going to spit on me, and you had expert control so that you didn't actually spit on me, but you were just threatened me with it. Yeah, that is a true story. <laughs> I hope you don't want me to specifically ask about hanging loogies over someone's face. Well, I'm disappointed if you can't get America's top scientist to tell us whether or not all animals hang loogies over each other's faces. <laughs> I'm Andrew Norton, and this is Completely Optional Knowledge. Brought to you by Greenpeace. Ask. Inquire. The show where we take questions that make you go, huh? And we try and make you be like, oh. Completely Optional Knowledge is presented by Greenpeace. Help us out by texting the word knowledge to 877-877 and fill out their really quick listener survey. Naomi White is a research psychologist who specializes in siblings. She recently finished her PhD at Cambridge University on the subject, and I thought... I would start by asking her the question that I think will make me sound the smartest. What is a sibling rivalry and are there different kind of types of sibling rivalries? That's a very good question. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> this is kind of a tricky thing to define. From my type of research, we talk a lot about sibling conflict. Um, I think if you're talking about sibling rivalry, you're perhaps talking about something that's a bit more long lasting. But yeah, we're talking about kind of conflict between siblings. And I think it's something that people can really relate to this idea that your siblings can really rub you up the wrong way in a way that, you know, most other people can't. Right. And do you have any insight into what causes that? Sibling relationships, particularly in childhood, are very involuntary. If you're living in the same house as your sibling, you can't really get away. Whereas um, if you're with a friend, if they do something to annoy you, you just end that friendship. So the sibling relationship in childhood creates a context where you can kind of display all sorts of behavior, good and bad, without any fear that the relationship will end. So that kind of gives rise to conflict. And certainly sibling rivalry and conflict is something that we see a lot in non-scientific sources as well. So if you look at things like the Bible. Cain and Abel being the classic Bible reference. Well, yeah, that very extreme leading to sibling, siblicide. Yeah. We're already into siblicide. And what are we, uh, two minutes into this? Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, that's a very extreme case. So you're looking at this from a scientific perspective. I'm wondering how you measure something like this. 
We can measure sibling conflict and rivalry in a number of ways. With younger children, we usually use observational techniques. So we might observe children playing with their siblings, say with toys and kind of um, dress up things, and then look at the number of instances of conflict and argument and aggression that we see. And you can kind of make it more likely that sibling conflict will happen, for example, if you have a limited number of toys and, and the siblings have to share. I almost wonder if it's something that we create it and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way. Like it's something that we have these expectations that our siblings are supposed to get into each other's hair. And, you know, there's so many cultural references for it. I wonder if that plays into things too. Sibling rivalry has been really prominent in literature, but it's only just really come into the world of science. And it's only since probably the 70s and 80s that people have started studying sibling relationships and sibling rivalry within them. So there certainly does seem to be an element of culture. Cultures in, for example, Asia that are very collectivist and rural and agricultural. In those cultures, we see much less sibling conflict and sibling rivalry than in Western cultures. And our own research has shown that even if you ask children of Asian descent who are living in Western cultures, so living in the UK or New Zealand, these children report less conflict in their relationships than their European counterparts. So having kind of established that this idea of a rivalry is, is maybe something that we project onto it and, and you study sibling conflicts, what we're trying to do this episode is trying to answer the question, why do siblings have rivalries? And maybe you're not comfortable using that term rivalries, but maybe you can answer for us, why do siblings have conflicts, which then might lead to long simmering rivalries? So one thing, as I said, is that the context of the sibling relationship is conducive to conflict in the first place. But also, I think a key aspect is this idea of fighting for parental attention, which I think is kind of a continuation of evolutionary processes. So obviously, back in the day and in animal species, um, siblings were really competitors for resources and um, for food and shelter and those sorts of things. I mean, obviously, that's not true anymore, but certainly not in the developed world. But now there's this idea that children are kind of vying for parental attention. And um, we know, for example, that the birth of a sibling can be um, very difficult for the firstborn child because you were the center of your parents' world and suddenly your parents' attention is now divided. It's almost like it's kind of remnants from my animal brain. Like when I was a kid and my sister got to go to the Major League Baseball All-Star game and I didn't get to go, you know, part of my brain is left over is, is say, hey, like, my parents left me in the cold here, you know? <laughs> yeah, there's definitely an element of vying for parental attention. And we can kind of see this behaviorally because there's some evidence that children behave quite differently when their mum's in the room than when their mum's not in the room. And that they're more likely to solve conflicts by themselves if mum's not there. But if mum's there, they suddenly go towards her and get her to sort it out. So I feel like this conflict isn't necessarily a, a negative thing, right? Oh, no, definitely not. We tend to think of it in some ways as a positive thing because it helps children um, to understand other people's thoughts and feelings. And it also helps children to learn about conflict management, which is obviously going to be needed further down the track in other peer relationships. So psychologists tend to think that some amount of conflict is a good thing in children's sibling relationships. So I have two nephews, two brothers are three years apart, two and five, and I see them starting to fight already. Um, how can I either foster a healthy rivalry or curb a Cain and Abel type situation? <laughs> Let's hope it's not that bad. I mean, there's not a huge amount of research of how parents should deal with it. But I think probably trying to explain conflicts in terms of the other child's thoughts and feelings would be a good start. 
but in some cases letting children sort out their own conflicts together is probably also a good idea to help them develop those skills and conflict management they're going to need in the future. I suppose if there's a Cain and Abel situation, the answer would be call the police. <laughs> yes, I think that might be the right answer. So it's basically like a friendship, except you're trapped. (laughs) And there is an evolutionary, at least partial explanation for it, and that it has to do with scarcity of resources and scarcity of attention. Well, what she said, too, about how, you know, a lot of times parents intervene in the conflict resolution. When we were kids, John would tease me and it was so funny to our parents that they would laugh. And so everyone was laughing and I would just get more and more and more angry. So it probably gave me some like level of resiliency to be able to work through it without adult intervention. But it also was absolutely infuriating. Right, right. I I do like this idea, though, of a rivalry being a sort of positive thing, right? I was thrilled to learn that sometimes it can be beneficial for a parent to step back and let children deal with it themselves, because should I ever be in the position of being a parent or an uncle, that means that I get a free pass. I can just go to the other room and let the kids sort it out. John, I think you got a free pass this whole episode, dude. Hey, that's, (laughs) that's how I've been living my whole life. The older brother way. Completely Optional Knowledge is presented by Greenpeace. And unlike other podcast sponsors, they don't want to try and sell you a mattress or anything. Not that there's anything wrong with that. They just want to get to know you. So text the word knowledge to 877-877 and fill out the quick listener survey. It's really easy and you'll be helping support the show. Our producer is J.P. Davidson. Breakmaster Cylinder created our theme music, and I'm Andrew Norton. Visit completelyoptionalknowledge.org to hear more episodes, to subscribe, and to, of course, ask your questions, because we can't make this show unless we know what you're curious about. You can also call 202-697-6912 and leave us a voicemail with your questions or feedback. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back in two weeks with more Completely Optional Knowledge. And hey, do us a favor. If you do subscribe to the show, please give us a rating on iTunes. That would be huge. Science.